Seven finals in the pool in Glasgow this evening on the penultimate night of competition at the Commonwealth Games. This is the Day 5 Commonwealth Games podcast from Poolboy. I'm Steve Buckley. I've got with me, of course, Bob Ballard and Katie Wilde. Good evening to you both. Evening, Steve. And uh, fantastic night in the pool once again, starting with uh, what was all of our favourite race, I think. Uh, Jazz Carlin in the 800. What a fantastic swim, Katie. Yeah, she was absolutely brilliant. I think I need to have more faith because I was a little bit worried about her with 200 metres to go and then she won by an absolute mile. She just, you know, she had loads left and I think we could actually see quite a big drop from her in the future based on that swim. And yeah, it was such a confident swim and um, yeah, it's so so overdue for her and just so pleased for her after a really tough couple of years. You could see how emotional it was for her to finally get her hands on that gold medal. It was a brilliant race. I think people were getting flashbacks to the World Championship last year uh, where she got overtaken at the back end of the race and everybody was thinking, oh, please don't let it happen again. You know, she's done so much hard work. She did a great time in the heat. And people were just thinking, no, please, let's not have a repeat of what happened in Barcelona in 2013. But no, when she started to get going, she really did get going. She left it a little bit later than I thought she would. There was a, a period kind of mid-race where I thought oh she's going to start to pull away now she got a bit of distance um, but Boyle just kept with her all the way through but that's kind of you know 800 sort of the 700 position uh, onwards the last 100 she looked totally dominant left Boyle for dead and uh, obviously McLean um, didn't have much of a, a look in either at that stage well you 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 got it spot on there really there was a couple of tenths between them at 700 meters jazz came back in a 59.9 and, and Boyle came back in a 61.9 so there was two seconds between them on that last hundred and the winning margin was just about two seconds so uh, she really really put the hammer down uh, over the last uh, the last two laps of that race and uh, what a fantastic result it was um she's got the 400 tomorrow she's going to go into that with a lot of confidence now you'd think katie yeah i think so i mean it's a really tough one to back up coming into the 400 the morning after the 800 but she'll be on such a high and one of the advantages of the Commonwealth Games is that someone like Jazz isn't going to need to give 100% in the heats to make it through to the final so hopefully she won't need to you know she can relax slightly in the morning and then just really look forward to the final and enjoying it but um, I think she's got to take so much confidence from that swim and knowing how strong the second half of her race is Um, and yeah I think we'll, we'll see another great race tomorrow night. Looking beyond the Commonwealth Games, though, what is happening with her coach-wise and what's going to happen between now and Rio? Because she needs to get that sort. She doesn't want to be spending like six weeks in Australia and being back here for, for events like that. That's, that's going to completely upend her program and not give her the kind of stability she's looking for. I don't know actually where she has been training in the lead-up. I know she's been over to Australia to train with Bud again, but, you know, obviously as a long-term situation, that's not exactly ideal. Um, so, you know, maybe somewhere like Sheffield might be a good move. But Well, her boyfriend's there, so it would be a pretty good place, wouldn't it? Yeah, and plenty of plenty of freestyle girls for her to train with there as well. But um, I haven't actually heard anything about her plans. Well, that's a big decision that she'll have to make uh, coming off the back of this meet, maybe after the Europeans as well if she goes there. Uh, but a fantastic performance today. The first Welsh gold in the pool for a lady since 1974, I believe. So that's uh, a long wait Uh brought to an end by jazz fantastic swimming uh next race to talk about women's hundred breaststroke and uh i will be honest i didn't think sophie would win it i'm i was absolutely delighted to be proved wrong sophie taylor coming through very strongly at the end to win in a fantastic time 106.35 and how long have we been waiting for a british breaststroker to go 66 bob 
What were we saying last night? You know, 107s don't cut it anymore. 108s most certainly don't cut it. We need somebody. I said last night, I think she could do a high 106. She did a low 106. So even better than I thought she could do. And exactly what we need, because when it comes to that medley relay at the end, we have a chance. We have a fighting chance with a breaststroker who could do a, um, a 66.3. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's long overdue. You know, it's been kind of stuck in the 107s, 108s for so long now. And uh, to have moved it up towards 106 is, is a fantastic achievement. So it's not only the individual swim, which was brilliant, and fourth in the world for this year, um, but it means so much in, impacting on a medley relay as well. I think as well, a big part of it was the way that she swam it, because I think we'd all been slightly disappointed in her 200 and uh, her 50 had been great. But, you know, I don't think anyone was expecting to see her back end 100 so strongly like that. And, you know, her last 20 metres were absolutely phenomenal, um, which was a really nice surprise. And maybe she just needed to, you know, shake off the cobwebs of the first few swims and really came into her own tonight. I think we both thought, uh, Katie, of, of the same name when we saw Alia Atkinson's <laughs> second 50 was yeah. Rebecca, Rebecca Sony. Sony. <laughs> I had a flashback of watching Rebecca Sony and commentating on somebody who just looked like she was in a whirlpool all of a sudden, just going round and round in circles. And I just thought that was obviously the game plan, wasn't it? To go out there as fast as she could and see if she could hang on. Um, but it, it just looked like somebody had just pulled the plug out and she disappeared. Well, I think she'd uh, borrowed a couple of grand pianos from Seb Brusso in the last uh, 20 <laughs> metres. She she absolutely hit the wall, didn't she? I mean, she'd gone out in a 30.8, which is a fairly decent 50 breaststroke time. Probably would have made the final in Glasgow uh, and came back in a 37. So she was really, really holding on at the end. But she held on, got on the podium and looked pretty happy with that... Uh, with that medal, uh, Lorna Tonks in between her and Sophie Taylor on the podium. But that's a, a great result for Sophie. And as you say, shades of, um, of Adam Peaty in the way she swam it and the maturity to, to you know, know that she would be able to get Atkinson back at the end. So a great result for her and uh, great for, as you say, Bob, Britain's medley relay prospects. But I mentioned Adam Peaty there. He was in action uh, tonight in the men's 50 breaststroke. Um, silver medal for him this time. He couldn't quite uh, get the better of Cameron Vandenberg, but another British record, another PB for him, 26.78, just two 100s behind the South African. Uh, fantastic swimming again from him, Katie. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, it was obviously a brilliant time, really world-class. I think we're probably all agreeing that we're slightly frustrated with his start because he came up behind and then it was so close at the end. Um, you know, if he could get a Siobhan Rio Connor start or a Ben Proud start going there, then I think that would have been gold. But it's also nice to know that there's something to work on for the future. But another fantastic swim from him. The odd thing is he is very quick off the blocks. It's not a problem with that. It's not like the um, the old Kate Haywood situation in the in the hundred breast where she would be always last away and have to pick it up. He's actually very quick off the block. It's that transition, isn't it, from the dive into the swim, um, which doesn't quite fit at the moment. Uh, which is why, you know, how can we criticise a 26.7 for heaven's sake? But, you know, can you imagine if that, that transition had been slightly better? You could probably look at a, maybe 26.5 even. Yeah. Quite possibly. I mean, he had the same reaction time as, as Vandenberg, 0.62 off the blocks. They were the quickest away. And then uh, uh, Vandenberg was definitely, you know, ahead as they came out of the of the water after those underwater strokes. So uh, we, it might sound like we're nitpicking, but he certainly got some room to improve, which is really encouraging, I suppose. And, and maybe some time down in Plymouth with Reuter and Ben Proud and John Rudd is, uh, is time well spent for him in the future. Uh, moving on again, uh, Amy Wilmot, women's 200 fly. Uh, well, 
we all thought she was going to win it at one point, Bob. What a weird race that was, because you look at the first half and uh, Savard went off like a bullet from a gun and um, 100, she was, what, 60.7? And you're thinking, I know you're an outside lane, nobody can see you, so they're probably not aware of what kind of a race it was. And then she completely disappeared. So it was like having two races, like, there's your first half of the race, just start it all over again, have different people involved now. So, um, yeah, obviously, Amy was involved, third at 100, leading at 150. And um, the whole race changed complexion. But, yeah, I, I, I thought she might be there. But Lacroix was, was just too strong, just um, too stubborn, really, to, to uh, shake or not, not to allow uh, Wilmot to shake her off. Um, but, but great, you know, great, great time for her. Great performance from her. And uh, that'll give her a lot of confidence. Her, her 200 flyers come on in leaps and bounds this year. I remember that swim in uh, in Glasgow earlier this year at the trials where she came back like an absolute scalded rabbit over the last 50 and I was kind of expecting her to do that in Glasgow tonight it didn't quite work out that way but she'll be happy with that and can I just make a point of uh, Alice Thomas in fourth place yeah brilliant swim by Alice couple of seconds PB again I think she's really moved it on this year well, that's a great result for Wales there, uh, for Alice. Uh, Amy took that silver, probably not a medal that we would have been inspecting coming into this meet, so that's that's great for her, just outside her best, but she has professed to be happy with the time and to get another medal, so well done, Amy. Uh, staying with Fly, the men's 100, uh, also up tonight, with Adam Barrett going into that race as the fastest qualifier in his first senior international, so... Big pressure on him, but I thought he handled it pretty well, actually. He didn't look overawed. He swam very nicely. 51.93 is a PB for him, and he took bronze behind uh, Joseph Schooling. We gave him a shout-out last night. Took Singapore's first-ever medal in the pool. Well done for him. But it was, uh, despite finishing pretty much with his forehead, that was uh, Chandler Close race, 51.29. Uh, probably the expected result, but not nowhere near as dominant as I thought, Katie. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, again, watching him, He's one of the best swimmers in the world. And there are times when he really does swim like an eight-year-old. <laughs> like him looking around, him nearly finishing with his face. And you just think, for someone who's that good, if he could just, you know, maybe focus a little bit more, not be looking around during a race and see what everyone else is doing, try and nail his finish a little bit better. Um, you know, that these are the things that are going to make the difference because he's going to have to race Michael Phelps again. And if he's going to come out on top, he's going to have to do everything right. And um, it's just it's just a strange thing to watch someone who's that good, but doing such basic, I mean, making such basic errors. And one thing I've observed, especially amongst the English swimmers, and we're talking about the ones looked after by John Rudd and by James Gibson at Loughborough, and obviously with Mel, with Adam in Derby, is they're starting to do what we've been looking for them to do for quite some time now, progressively get quicker from heats to semifinals to finals, and come up with obviously their the best time in, in every single case in, in the final. So this is exactly what we've been trying to drum into swimmers for quite some time. Don't go fast in the heat and then slow down and the semi and then pick it up in the final again they're all progressively improving their times and, and getting the results from it so so maybe the penny is starting to drop and this is where the next worlds and the next olympics might show a big improvement well certainly uh, there's been some very fast heat swimming i think i remarked on it on the first day um do we think the depth of the field katie has a, any impact on on people's confidence about how they swim in the heats it reduces the pressure about having to go you know right on their pb or whatever just to make it out of the, the, the heat swim? I think, um, you know, as I said about jazz earlier in the 400, I think 
the Commonwealth Games, you know, you're not going to have to hit the same kind of times as you are at somewhere like World Championships or Olympics to make a semi-final or a final, Um, which, I mean, I think gives the top swimmers a chance to relax a little bit in the heat and therefore sort of the the opportunity to move it on better. But, you know, it's not as if um, the home nation swimmers or any of the swimmers at the Commonwealth Games have been posting weak times in the heats generally. Everyone's been, you know, giving it a good go. Um, all all through the rounds and improving, as Bob says, which I think is a really encouraging sign. Well, we've seen Commonwealth records broken or Commonwealth Games records broken by English swimmers and indeed British swimmers um, in the heats. You know, we don't normally see that, do we? We don't normally see big, big improvements in times in the heats. And, you know, if they get into that mindset for World Championships and the Olympics, that's great as far as I'm concerned. Regardless of how strong the quality of the field is, that should be your mindset for all the big events. Well, absolutely. It's important that, that people do get the the uh, the practice at progressing through the rounds and certainly the young guys and have been doing that this week with some very fast swimming uh, as they progressed. Moving back to, to the finals from tonight, uh, women's 100 freestyle was, uh, well, it looked like it was going to be a procession for Kate Campbell, but uh, her sister didn't let her have it quite all her own way at the end there, Katie. Yeah, I mean, I really thought this could be the the changing of the Campbell guard. And um, I, I mean, my feeling is that long-term Bronte is probably going to be faster than Kate. Um, just because I just, everything you read about them, it sounds like Bronte is actually the one with the, the ambition and is, is the one with the motiv- the sort of motivation. She doesn't need anybody else to motivate her, which has possibly not always been the case in uh, for Kate. Um, but, you know, great swim by both of them tonight and also by Emma McKeon. Um, they were the Australians were really dominant. Um, nice to see Fran getting down in the 53s again, although perhaps slightly disappointed for her. Um, I think we we were hoping for a medal, but you know, as we say, the Australians are absolutely on fire in that event, so it was going to be a tough ask. I get a nervous tick with an Australian one, two, three. We've had a few too many of those this week, and immediately on Twitter, you get all the Aussies coming out with their uh, uh, how much better we are than anybody else, and you go, well, no, you're not. But on a we haven't had an English one, two, three. We haven't had a Scottish one, two, three. So every time an Australian one comes up, I just get a little bit irked, to be honest. Well, that's that's quite understandable, really. Uh, for Fran, though, that's her first sub fifty four since since the Olympics in London, so uh, a positive step for her. I, I wonder, though. I mean, she's obviously changed her training with James and whatever, and she's been focusing on the fifty for probably most of the last year or so. And I wonder whether, in terms of her her longevity in the sport, fifty is the way to go, Katie. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a difficult one where you know she said quite openly last year that she was just going to concentrate on the 50 and it's got to be difficult to step it back up again um I mean I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that I think the real key for Fran as we've seen this week is that the happier she is the faster she swims and you know if the hundreds an event that that she doesn't particularly like training for she doesn't feel that confident in and and she doesn't you know she just doesn't enjoy then why do it really um I mean she obviously she's great and it's always always great to watch her but um I think I think it's it's actually you know for sprinters there's quite a big incentive to just concentrate on the sprints. You can go around and you can do you know with World Cup meets and you can make yourself a lot of money and post some great times and you know that's possibly something to to factor in. Um, the training is going to be different as you get older. It's more difficult to train for longer events. And I know we're only talking about 
you know one one length or two lengths but it does make a big difference as to the focus of your training so um it will be an interesting one to see and you know it's not like she hasn't given it a good go if she was to make the move and just concentrate on 50s I think she'd be well within her rights I really want to see her do the 100 fly a bit more, though, because I think her fly is looking really, really good. And I think if she could have a crack at 100 fly, just see how it goes. Maybe do it for one more year and then say, no, I'll, put, well, I'll park that. It doesn't quite work for me. But, you know, the 100 fly is, is uh, I think, a good option for her. Well, she's uh, obviously been swimming extremely well this week and uh, going off to the Europeans, we believe. So we'll see how she does there and then see how her program develops for next year one more individual final to just catch up on men's 200 back and another of the dreaded aussie 123s for you bob uh I dis- I'm, just, I'm just gonna open the window and scream if that's all right oh. yeah quite all right uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, disappointment here for me really was craig mcnally because uh he was yes what happened there well off his best i think he, he swam a pb 155.6 last year which would have won that race and uh, obviously something hasn't gone right in his last preparation um, and it, it wasn't his day today but that's that's disappointing for him but uh, no well, fair play to the Aussies they took that that one two three and Craig's got some uh, some thinking to do about his uh, his preparation for next year's events well, uh, I couldn't work out because that's the way he swam it in the previous round we thought maybe that was his elaboration he was trying something out seeing what worked for him what didn't work for him but I thought you know you don't really want to be doing that in competition you want to kind of do that in the lead up to a competition but um, but he swam it exactly the same way in the final and I'm thinking what are you doing and he, he did he came back strongly that was the thing so again he had plenty or apparently had plenty left in the tank so I couldn't quite work out why he swam it the way he did well, only he can really know that, or maybe his coach. Um, so, as I said earlier, some thinking for him to do about his preparation. Um, we've got some semi-finals to catch up on, but before we do that, a quick mention for the Parasport and Ollie Hine. Bob, he had a dominant victory in the in the medley this evening. Yeah, again, Ollie far better than anybody else in the field in Europe, pretty much in the world. Um, that's the event in which he was very successful in London. Um, disappointing, he didn't break his European record, didn't really get that close to the world record, but I think that will come again in time. And he's got the Europeans to come, and um, we've got the Worlds next year in Glasgow and Rio for the Paralympics in two years' time. So I think uh, when he's back in Glasgow, hopefully in 12 months' time for the Worlds, that's when it's going to go. Well, hopefully he'll have good uh, Europeans and then, uh, as you say, move on to a good Worlds next year. Coming back to then the uh, the semi-finals and um, the men's 53, uh, qualifiers for the final led by England's own Ben Proud with a new British record, 21.76. He's on fire this week. Um, yeah, Ben looked absolutely amazing tonight. He, um, he, you know, he's not one of the really experienced guys in there, and he just it doesn't phase him at all. He led right from the start, and it did look for a while like um, I think it was McAvoy who's in his semi-final. Is that right? I think it was. Um, yeah, it was going to catch him at the end, and he just got that extra burst in the last five meters and had absolutely nailed his finish. His skills are so good. You know, we've talked a lot about his starts, and yeah, he looked absolutely brilliant. Such a fantastic time. And I'm really looking forward to seeing that final tomorrow. I think he can hold his nerve and get a second gold there. I mean, for so long, even in the Mark Foster era, we didn't get anybody who could who could break 22. You know, it was always 22 mid, 22-3 at best. But you know, something can do a 21-7. And with it would seem more to come in the final. I think that's the expectancy levels now on Ben. His 21-7 is great, fantastic, British record, sixth in the world this year. But we're kind of expecting him to go 
21-6, 21-5 high perhaps in, in the final. And the expectancy levels on his shoulders now for somebody so young and so inexperienced are amazing. Well, he'll be surrounded by the Australians tomorrow. He's obviously going to have McAvoy in the lane next to him and then Massa Bood and James Magnuson, who were the next two qualifiers. So he'll have, uh, he'll have a lot of green and gold to keep him company down that race, but uh, hopefully he can hold it together, keep his uh, his mind on the job. I actually thought um, his swimming tonight, he reminds me quite a lot of Michael Klim, his sort of straight arm style and everything like that. It's uh, it's quite like uh, the Australian there. So, uh, no, he's a good person to live up to, really. He won't have ever seen him swim, though. No, I think he probably won't have done, really. But uh, I'm sure John Rudd has. But, uh, you know, maybe that's just the way he swims. Maybe it's deliberate. Who knows? But uh, he's joined in the final by Adam Brown, who snuck in in eighth place, 22.55. He needs to uh, up his game a bit tomorrow, I think. But uh, yeah. you've got lucky, a lane. Lucky, lucky to make it through with that time. But, but in 50, you've got a lane, you've got a chance, anything can happen. So uh, who knows? Who knows? Another Tomorrow's another day for Adam. Uh Last lot of semi-finals were the women's 50 backstroke and the qualifiers were led by uh, Welsh lady Georgia Davies, 27.61, second fastest time in the world this year, British record, Welsh record. Uh, what a fantastic swim from her, Katie. Yeah, it was it was a brilliant swim, although chased all the way by Lauren Quigley, who I think looked the best she's looked all week. And, you know, she's been looking good all week, but that's going to be a really, really tight final tomorrow. Um, it, I think Georgia got it just on her arm speed, to be honest, tonight. So um, that's the advantage that she's got. But um, yeah, I think I, hopefully those two girls can get on top of the podium. And I think I would hope they can beat Emily Steuben, but she's such a great sprinter and we know she's in really good form. Um, and, you know, it's just going to be one of those races where it's just going to be over so quickly and it's not, it's, you know, there's no pacing to be done. It's just everybody trying to get everything right. And um, hopefully one of Georgia or Lauren can come out on top. I am delighted for Sean Kelly, by the way. He's worked very hard and very well, obviously, with Lauren Quigley. He has great hopes and anticipation and expectation of what she can do in Rio in 2016. And yeah, we're starting to see the free. I'm still not quite sure what her best event is. And obviously, the 50 is not in the Olympics, so she's going to have to think about the 100 and the 200. But um, there's, there's definitely more advanced signs of uh, work in progress there with Lauren. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I'd love to see Georgia and Lauren be one and two in whatever order in the final because uh, you know everybody talks about Seabomb and how brilliant she is and she is but um, you know sometimes that overshadows the great performances of, uh, of our British swimmers. Well indeed Lauren uh, broke the old British record as well 27.72 so that makes that an English record and we had uh, a Scottish record from Kathleen Dawson in the first semi-final 28.55 so a complete full house of national records for Britain so uh, nicely done there uh, by the the girls and uh, hopefully we'll see uh, one or possibly two medals in that event tomorrow um quickly just look at the events we've got coming up we've already touched on the uh women's 400 jazz carlin coming back in that one uh the other event we've got coming through that just has uh, heats and finals tomorrow is the men's 200 im uh i'm not really sure where that one's going to go uh, i'll be completely honest i don't know if anyone else has uh, no any i'm not and also i'm not sure whether roberto pavoni's going to swim it he was down to swim the 200 backstroke today and didn't. So, which yeah. I wonder if he was just saving himself for that medley because he's he's not really a backstroker, but uh, uh, in that sense. But um, we'll see. I mean, maybe he'll come out for that and hopefully he'll make a final. Uh, Dan Wallace presumably will be in with a shout. He'll fancy his chances. He's been swimming extremely well this week, and so uh, possibly another medal for Scotland there. 
Men's 1500 had its heats today, final tomorrow evening. Uh, Ryan Crocker led the way in 1503. Uh, massive PB for Scotland, Stephen Milne in second, 1503 as well, with a 12-second improvement on that one. And the third fastest qualifier was Wales's Daniel Jervis, who's had uh, a blinder of a year. His, his PB coming into 2014 was a 1545, and he went 1516 at trials, 1507 at the European Junior Champs, and went 1506 this morning. So he's made unbelievable strides over the last few months and i've got as, e- as to as jay lelliot well you're looking for that email jay lelliot who wasn't we hadn't even heard about him coming into trials earlier on this year uh, working with uh, mark skimming down in bath um was off the radar nobody's even talking about him he was i think he was 16 minutes plus coming into the year and now he's uh, closer to 15 the 16 well indeed he got in through into that final eighth so he's uh, he's got a chance to, to drop his time a bit more the email you were just referring to had an email from someone called chris walton thanks chris uh, he says that he's seen daniel swim at trials he saw him swim uh, european juniors uh, and it's he, his point is that the the different ways that daniel swam he was obviously by himself at trials and smashed his pb to try and make the world's qualifying time whereas at european juniors uh, he just sort of sat on the shoulder of the leader and then and then kicked to win um this morning he did the same thing with mac horton and uh the, the point that Chris is making is maybe if he can get on the shoulder of, of Ryan Cochran or, or Mac Horton or indeed Stephen Milne tomorrow, uh, he sh- might have the pace at the end to get on the podium. So uh, plenty to come from Daniel, we think, over the next come- few years. I mean, he's he's a, uh, a fairly uh, slender chap, um, so uh, he's probably got some So was David Davis, though, as well. Well, indeed, yeah. And so the, that's the the person that he has been compared to a lot. So obviously, David made his breakthrough in the Commonwealth in 2002 and went on to, to great things. But uh, it be interesting to see how Daniel handles the pressure tomorrow and hopefully he can find a way onto the podium. Uh, the meet tomorrow finishes with the medley relays, as always. Um, we were speculating before we started this podcast about who the, the English women's team might be and we, we thought it might be Lauren Quigley, Sophie Taylor, Siobhan Marie O'Connor and Fran Housel. Um Maybe Lizzie Simmons on the backstroke, but uh, Casey, you made the interesting point that, for, ironically, we possibly got the advantage over Australia on the breaststroke leg. Yeah, which uh, I, I don't know if we've ever had that before. It's been however many millions of years of Liesl Jones and you know <laughs> and Brooke Hansen before her and all, all sorts of you know absolutely incredible breaststrokers. And I think we've waited a long time to have someone who's actually not only slightly ahead, but she's actually dominant in the breaststroke, as Sophie Taylor proved tonight. So I think that's our biggest advantage. Obviously, we've also got Siobhan, who who was slightly faster than the Australian fly swimmer. And it's all pretty close um, on the backstroke. But yeah, our breaststrokes are it's suddenly a real plus for us, which we're just not used to. No, exactly. Well, two or three years ago, I was bemoaning the fact that our women's breaststroke was going absolutely nowhere. If I was coming to a sliding halt, not now. No, well, I think Australia are still the favourites for that one, but it, it will make it a much yeah, more exciting are. race. I yeah, think they are. I, th- I think that they're too strong at the end. With the... England going to boom both the medal relays. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. Uh, the mm. men's, on the other hand, I think that is a, is a real chance for England. Um, Chris Walker, Heaven, Adam Peaty, Adam Barrett on the first few legs, probably. Uh, and then maybe Adam Brown or James Disney May on the, on the anchor. Um, but they've got a big advantage in time on the breaststroke leg between on paper between Adam Peaty and Christian Springer um, 58-9 to 61-7 on results in the individual this week um, so in theory and this is obviously hugely hypothetical and doesn't represent anything that could happen in a relay in theory England are a couple of seconds quicker than Australia in that, on that force from Australia with uh, Mitch Lark and Christian Springer Jaden Hadler and James Magnuson. Uh 
Uh, I don't see it playing out exactly like that, but they must go in with a great chance, Bob. Yep, I see them winning it, both of them. Women's and men's. There we go. Casey, you as confident as Bob? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think the men have got a better chance than the women. Um, the thing is that we do have, um, although you know tonight it didn't go Fran Housel's way, but she is always an absolutely brilliant relay swimmer, and she will fight as hard as she possibly can to get her hands at that wall first. And I think you know the time she did tonight is not representative of what she might produce in a relay. So um, I think you know on paper it actually might be more in our favour for the women. Um, but I also think, you know, it's really tough. And the Australians are fighters as well. I think we've got a better chance in the men's than in the women's. I think the, the key is Christian Sprenger is is how much the injury he's carrying affects him, uh, whether he can, the adrenaline and everything being part of that team can push him to a much faster time than he managed in the individual. And if, if he pulls something out of the bag, then I think, you know, advantage Australia. But if he if he doesn't and PT can take two seconds out of him, then, uh, then it swings the other way. So it's going to be uh, an exciting race to watch. Uh, I think that's everything for tonight. Great. How, how about back. a DQ? How about a DQ in the heat? So yeah, there's there you one. go. Yeah. He's hoping, says Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Nice to talk to you both. Thanks a lot, Bob, Katie. Thanks, Steve. See you tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow after the last uh, final session of the meet to just to round things up. Uh, if you want to contact me in the meantime, you can uh, get me on Twitter at poolboy or you can go to poolboy.co.uk forward slash contact and send me an email there if you want to make any points or ask any questions. Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow and we'll hope to have you with us then.